mountains are still being moved. Hello, and welcome to Raising the Standard with Pastor Owen Moody of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. You're invited to join us each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an anointed full-length message from Pastor Moody. After the message, we'll be back to let you know how you can contact us. On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, You Can't Handle It. His scripture text will be taken from the book of John, chapter 16, verses 12 through 14. Here now, Pastor Moody. Amen. Hallelujah. John chapter 16. Stand with me. I'm just going to read two or three verses. And uh, this message was sort of born out of where we are. And just in prayer, you know, asking God, uh, you know, about the things that are going on and where we're going. God, what's in the future? What's it going to look like in the next few months, six months? That's what I was praying. And I heard the Lord speak something in my heart. To be quite honest, at first it kind of shocked me when I heard it. And it even kind of made me kind of step back and said, now wait a minute, Lord, is that what you're saying? But then as I began to listen to the voice of God and begin to study out the Word of God, I started saying, hallelujah, hallelujah. Look at John chapter 16, verse number 12. Here's what he said to me. He said, I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Say it like this, you can't handle it. That's what he said to me. You can't handle it. You're not ready for it just yet. Verse number 13 said, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, somebody say, when the Holy Ghost shows up, when the Holy Ghost comes, amen, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you then what he's going to do, things to come. He shall glorify me. How many is glad of that? What God is doing is going to glorify Jesus through the power of the Spirit. Amen. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and he will show it to you. Father, I thank you for the word of the Lord. I thank you for your spirit, for your goodness this morning, for the worship, the presence of the Lord. And uh, as Brother Nick said, there was more than two or three here this morning. There's ten times that many here. Hallelujah. And more are coming. But most importantly, God, the most important thing is that you're here. Your spirit was here in the worship. And, I'm, and I know your spirit's going to be here for this anointed word that you put in our heart. God, I want you to touch our people. If there's anybody here that's sick, heal them right now. Anybody here that's distressed and worried, just give them peace of mind and comfort right now. Anybody here, God, that's uncertain about the path that they're walking and the future that's ahead of them, let them see that you've got many things to show us. And when we're ready, we'll see it. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. Hallelujah. I mentioned this, that sometimes we're not ready for what God is revealing to us. I was thinking, I didn't have this in my notes, but I was thinking about John the Beloved laid his head right on the breast of Jesus. And Jesus said, there's some of you here that'll not die before you see the kingdom coming in its power. 
And John was the last one alive. And I began to think about him. Matter of fact, just before I walked to the pulpit, I picked up my Bible and turned over to Revelation and read just a, a couple of verses of his introduction. And he said, I was on the Isle of Patmos for the ministry. In other words, there uh, being persecuted, there exiled. And I was thinking what John must have thought. Jesus had said so much is going to happen. And here he is exiled to a prisoner island. There with the hardest, the meanest of circumstances. What in the world's going to happen? Jesus told me I would see his kingdom. And suddenly he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard a voice behind me that sounded like many waters. And I turned around and I saw Jesus with hair like wool and eyes like fire and feet like they'd been burned in a furnace. And he had a golden girdle around his waist and white flowing robes. And, and when he spoke, hallelujah, everything began to change in his perspective. I think sometimes that we have to get to the place that we're ready to see what God has to say. Can you say amen? I said this, that if all the great truths of God's word and God's plan and what he had in mind for us were revealed to us all at once, I think our head would explode. Can I get a witness? We wouldn't be able to grasp or to fathom everything that God was doing. Jesus, in these few short verses, begins to assure his disciples that, that uh, amen, the Holy Spirit would come and, and bring a revelation. And I, and I had this thought, when he does, he always brings it, are you ready, at the pace that we're able to sustain sustain it. Amen. Sometimes, you know, thinking about where I started, Brother Darwin, back 40, uh, two plus years ago, if I had seen everything that was coming up, I would have probably turned and ran the other way. But standing here today and looking back over those years, whoo, hallelujah. I, man, I feel the Lord. I don't always see the bad times and the struggles, but I can tell you, I can stand here today. And Mandy, I can can look back and I can see the mountaintops of the ranges that God has brought me through. I've seen what God can do at a moment. Hallelujah. Give him praise if you would. I think of the great apostle Paul when he first met Jesus on the road to Damascus. The Bible said, amen, that uh, he was struck down blind and he heard the voice and, and, and Acts 9 and 3 said as he journeyed uh, and came almost to Damascus, near Damascus, amen, suddenly the, there shined a light from heaven and he fell to the ground and, and uh, he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Watch what he said. He said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, said, I am Jesus. Oh, what a revelation. And you say, man, here's a man who hates Christianity, who hates the name of Christ, and God gives him a revelation that he's able to handle at the moment. Are you hearing me? He even told Ananias, can I just preach what I feel this morning? He said, when you go down to lay hands on him, amen, and he said, you're going to pray for him, and his eyes are going to be open because he, he was blinded when he was struck off that horse, and he's going to get the Holy Ghost. But then I caught this in my spirit 
Spirit. And then the Lord said, and after that, I'll show him what great things he must suffer. Come on, for the kingdom of God. He couldn't have handled that on the road to Damascus. But after the Holy Ghost came, I want to tell you, you can look hell in the face. You can look battles in the face. You can look persecutions in the face. You can look around and say, it seems like a dark time now. But Jesus is saying, there's another revelation coming. I've got some things in our text, he said, to tell you, amen. But right now, you just can't handle it. Glory to God. I want to tell somebody what God's about to do and what God is doing may be greater than your mind can handle at this very moment. Give him praise if you would. Hallelujah. Amen. He fell to the earth. Amen. And, and, and the voice said, Saul, Saul, why, persecute, why are you persecuting me? Then he said in verse number five, watch this. Who are you, Lord? <laughs> Who are you? I mean, I got to get some understanding here. Who are you? What's going on? I love the answer. I am Jesus. Hallelujah. Can I challenge you in your situation right now, in your problem, in your difficulty, whatever you're facing in your ministry, amen, in the service that you perform day to day, every now and then just look up to him and say, Who are you, Lord? You know what you're going to hear? You're not going to hear some uh, Middle Eastern cult thing springing up in your, in your ears. You're going to hear him, the Holy Ghost, saying he is Jesus he is Lord he is Savior he's healer he's deliverer he's baptizer in the Holy Spirit everything you need glory to God come on somebody he said amen before you saw me I want to tell you I was with the Father I was in the Father I'm equal glory to God and everything you need is available through Jesus Christ glory amen when I started to look a little bit farther into this, Paul or Saul then, still Saul at that time, said in verse 6, Lord, what would you have me to do? What, what am I supposed to do now? How many is in that place today? What am I supposed to do now? How, how do I move forward? At that moment, he understood a few things clearly. The Lord declared to him, uh, uh, Saul of Tarsus, that he was Jesus. Then he later declared to him through Ananias, I've got plans for you. You're going to suffer some things. Amen. And, and I'm, can I tell you what he suffered? He, he, he listed them one time. He said, I've been beaten. I've been stoned. I've been shipwrecked. I've been put in prison. Can I say it this way? He said, I've been stabbed in the back by somebody I thought was my brother. I've been betrayed. Hallelujah. I've been persecuted like nobody could ever imagine. I've I've been left for dead more times than I care to count. And if God had told him that on the road to Damascus, he would not have been able to handle it. Hallelujah. But later, somebody shout later. Y'all got to help me this morning. I heard him say, but now I know him in whom I have believed. I'm glad that when I started out, I believed in Jesus. I was born again. I was saved. But I think maybe a little bit like Paul, I can say now. I know him. I know what he does. I know what he says. I know how he thinks. Are you with me today? Can I tell you this thing that we've been going through, these battles that we've been facing, I've come too far to look back. I've seen too many victories to get discouraged. God is still God. Hallelujah. Give him praise if you would. Woo! (laughs) Saul believed the vision. 
In Acts chapter 26 and verse 19, when he was rehearsing this before the king Agrippa, he said, I was not disobedient to the vision. I want you to hear me. We cannot, we must not give up on the vision, give up on the direction. I heard the Lord say to me in prayer this week, you couldn't have handled back then where I was going to bring you if I'd showed you. And then he touched my heart, Brother Adam, and said, where I'm about to take you, amen, you couldn't handle it. But in the moment that you're ready, I'm going to show you, amen, a greater glory than you've ever seen. Hallelujah. Boy, the church ought to be full this morning. Paul even spoke of unimaginable revelations. Can I tell you something? You know what we've got to do as a church? You know what the body of Christ has got to do? And God said in Hebrews there'd be a time when everything that could be shaken would, and only those things that were unshakable would, would remain. Can I tell you we're in a shaking time right now? Does anybody believe that? I, 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 I want to say this, uh, the, the, the COVID coronavirus, amen, the, the racial unrest, everything that's going on around our world, the skirmishes, the wars, the plagues, the natural disasters. My God, California's burning up or has been. Is anybody hearing me in earthquakes and all these, all the tragedies that are happening around the world? There is a shaking going on. And to, at the level of trouble that we are in, now that we are at now as a nation not just America but it's around the world are you hearing me things are getting so bad amen that they they just had peace talks for the first time in years in the Middle East America and the UAE the United Arab Emirates and then I heard the other day that now Saudi Arabia is even talking about coming to the table for peace talks and, and you might say what's going on I want to tell you I I think the whole world is realizing it's so unstable. Are you hearing me? Even the Middle East, all rich countries are living in, in distress now because they're all, amen, is not worth what it was and their economies are failing. It's happening around the world. There's, there's starvation and disease and, and all, and it's shaking America. It's a shaking time. And God is saying for a time like this, you need a new revelation. You need to pull your head out of the past and get yourself into the word of God and get back into the power of the spirit Whoa, and let the Holy Ghost begin to tell you what his plan for the day is. Hallelujah. Glory. The other day I went into a place of business and met a man that I'd never seen before and I had to wait there a while. And of course, you know, about everywhere you go, everybody's talking about what's going on. And, and that's a good thing. People say, well, I'm sick of hearing about it. No, it's an opportunity to tell them about the Lord. And he started talking about what all was going on. And I said, let me tell you something, friend. I said, these things have taken everybody by surprise but God. He looked at me. I said, God's word told us it's going to happen. I said, prophecies are being unfolded right in front of us. I said, Jesus is getting ready to come back in the clouds of glory. And all of a sudden, he looked at me. His answer was not what I expected. He said, I don't think prophecy means a thing. I don't think it's important. He said, I don't think we should even be concerned with that stuff. I mean, it shocked me. Like it's, I can see the look on your face. You know what he said? He said, I think as long as we'll just be good people and we'll just treat each other right, that we can turn things around and we're all going to be okay and we'll 
make it to heaven. I said, no, sir, you must be born again. Hallelujah. I think God's trying to pull the world out of this self-sufficient mentality. Can I just preach what I feel this morning? We've got to a place where Jesus means nothing, where the word of God means nothing. So God said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do what I've always done. I'll get your attention. I'll turn your heart to me. I'll get you to a place. Amen. There's things that's going on that we can't handle. Are you with me? That's what Jesus said. You can't handle it. Paul had revelations that blew his mind. I mean, I, I said this one time. I said, I've been places where they jumped up and hollered, thus saith the Lord, and I say unto thee, and, uh, and it wasn't nothing. And I said this a long time ago. I said, a real word from God will mess you up. A real word of God will make you start thinking. Hello? A real word from God will make you start praying. A real word from God will cause you to start looking for it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 12 and 2. He said, I knew a man above 14 years ago. He said, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth such a one caught up into the third heaven. And I've heard preachers say that it was Paul that had that experience. And, and he did, but that wasn't who he was talking about now. But he calls in the next few verses. He said, I'm not talking about me. I'm telling you, I saw, are you hearing me? The great Apostle Paul who wrote 13 books in this Bible who had experiences and went through things you couldn't imagine and he said just wait and that's why maybe right after that's when he said I don't count myself to have apprehended or attained I haven't made it yet just when I thought I had a handle on it suddenly I met a man that had had a revelation caught up into the third heaven saw things that wasn't lawful to talk about had visions amen that I can't even comprehend and then later he said I had those things but God used it to humble me and to cause me to walk in reality and understanding that I can't handle what this world has without him, without his presence. Amen. I want to say that in our verses, Jesus warns his disciples. Watch this. In the first two verses of this chapter 16, he warns them of the brutality of the Jews. He says to them, you're going to be persecuted. He said, you're going to be kicked out of the synagogue. And then he says... It's going to get so bad that if they murder you, they think they're doing God a favor. I have watched over the last few weeks in horror as great men and women of God have suffered everything from snake bites to strokes. Is anybody hearing me? To physical attacks that you couldn't imagine. I'm talking about people who are, who are moving things in the earth in the kingdom of God. I've, I've watched great churches shut down because of the COVID like we have. And it's very easy for people to sit back and point their fingers and say, well, you, you should have done this and you should have done that. But I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I really believe that God's just letting us know there are things out there that are going to attack the body of Christ that if we're not where we should be with God and get where we should be with God and, and have walk in a faith, amen, that's greater than anything we've ever seen and get a revelation that goes beyond my natural little understanding. I want to tell you, I think as we approach the end and the coming of the Lord that he's coming back after not just a meeting mediocre church, but he's coming after a church that's walked through fire and come out without the smell of smoke. Somebody help me. He's coming back after a church that's washed herself in the blood of the lamb and made her robes white. And I don't know if the church is there today. I don't think we're ready for what God's about to do until we get there. 
That's what he said. He said, you can't handle it. In verses 8 through 11 of John 16, uh, I, I'll, just, I'll just say this. I didn't give these scriptures to David. But what, what the Lord does, he says, I'm gonna, when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll deal with the world one way, and he'll deal with the church the other way. When he, said, when he comes, he'll reprove the world because of sin and because of righteousness. And then he said he'll deal with the devil because the Son of Man has risen from the dead and been revealed as to who he is. The world, listen, God does not deal with the world and the rebellion of the world like he deals with the church. Are you hearing me? The, the world is being reproved. Amen. We, we want this little ecumenical religion that we're all okay, you're okay, I'm okay. I, I was talking to the, right up here where they're getting ready to build this, this, uh, this temple, this Hindu temple. I was talking to, to the fellow up there. I, I've, I've befriended him and I talked to him and he told me about that temple they're building. It's going to be 30,000 square feet. Before it's done, it's going to cost $5 million. And we were talking about it the other day. And uh, you know what I did? They, they serve millions of gods. And, and I thought, I got I to gotta help him. And, and so I've talked to him about Jesus before. Well, we believe Jesus is a God. And finally I told him, I said, he is not a God. He's the God. Amen. He's the only one. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And they, they just look at me, you know, like, like, I don't know what you're talking about. So I, I just did what any good, you know, uh, instructor or teacher or preacher would do. I referred him to a good book. Amen. I said, I, I said, there was one of your countrymen by the name of Ravi Zacharias who became a Christian apologist. And I explained to him what that was. I said, he wrote a book, sir. I'd like to challenge you to read it. I said, the title of it is Jesus Among Lesser Gods. Hallelujah. And I said, Jesus is the only one that the Father ever spoke from heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. And here's Jesus said, I want you to know he's telling his disciples, you're going to be persecuted. They're going to hate you. They're going to turn against you. And he said, and I'm leaving you here. Isn't that, well, that's a that's scary thought, isn't it? But then he said, but I'm sending back another comforter. And when he comes, he'll bring you a revelation so you can understand what's going on. Amen. So today, he deals with the world one way. He deals with the church with another way. And he says, I have many more things to tell you, but you can't handle it. How many felt like you've been there? I, I can't handle what's going on. I don't know what, I, I was talking to one of my pastor friends the other day, and I said, I tell you, if this stuff don't let up, I'll just retire. <laughs> Which I can't, I'm gonna preach till I die. And uh, he looked at me and he said, I, I'm not even close to retirement. I said, that's not the answer anyway. I said, the answer is a fresh revelation. Come on, somebody, the answer is a move of God. The answer is another great awakening. The answer is church becoming something we've never seen before. Glory to The answer is the church becoming not just a, the, a source of controversy and something that's so lukewarm that it satisfies anybody. Jesus said, amen, to that church in Revelation to Ephesus, he said, I would that you were hot or I would that you were cold. And because he said, you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Can I tell you what that means to me? Uh, Jesus was saying, I want the church to be the awakening and the refreshing to the world. Let me put it this way. I want the church 
church to be hot coffee or cold iced tea. I don't want it to be nothing in the middle. I don't want it to be lukewarm. I want it to be the thing that wakes people up and quenches their thirst and makes them aware just who God is. And so today we need something unlike anything we've ever experienced. Things you can't, uh, the world can't understand. And many, many people in the church don't understand. I mean, I've talked to church people who really don't understand being born again. Who really don't understand that when you get saved, everything changes. I mean, this modern religion we got today, it's, uh, it's, it's seeker-friendly. And I know people don't like to hear me say that, but I just got to sit because what seeker friendly means to me is I don't want to do anything that stresses you or makes you think that you have to change. I want you to know just, just come as you are. That's, that's, that's the church's the mantra today, but that's not what Jesus taught. Are you hearing me? Jesus said, come out from among them and be you separate. Hallelujah. Jesus said to, to Nicodemus that night, you must be born again. They didn't even understand, uh, uh, understand amen, and what conversion was about. Uh, Jesus even told his disciples, he told, he told Peter in Luke 22 and 31, he said, he said uh, Peter, I want you to know that Satan has desired to have you, that he might sift you as wheat. But then he said in verse 32, but I prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail. And then look what he said. This was before Jesus died on the cross and before he was buried and rose again, before the Holy Spirit came. Can I tell you, Peter wasn't yet saved. He wasn't yet converted. He was a follower. He was a disciple. He was a learner. So Jesus said, when you're converted, hallelujah, amen. The night before Jesus died, Peter was cussing and denying that he knew him. But after that, when Jesus walked into that up into that room and breathed on him and said, receive you the Holy Spirit, and conversion took place in their life, and they went into the upper room and got filled with the Holy Ghost, he never denied again. He never cursed again. In fact, he did just what Jesus said. He strengthen the body of Christ when you're converted. Amen. Strengthen your brethren. The disciples came to Jesus in Matthew 13 and 10 and said, why do you speak to the crowd in parables? Why, why is it that you tell them these stories? Why don't you just come out and tell them what they need to hear? And Jesus said, because it's given to you. Amen. He said, it, uh, it's, given, it's given unto you to know, in verse 11, uh, the, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not given. And in verse 15, he said, for, he's quoting prophecy from Isaiah, said, for this people's heart is waxed gross, their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes have been closed, they're blind, lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their heart, and understand and and should be converted, and I should heal them. Listen, I want to tell you that there's a problem in the world today. Jesus said to Nicodemus, are you a leader in Israel and don't understand? Marvel not that I said you must be born again. I want to tell you, when I was young, when I was a child, when I was a teenager and a preteen, and we were going to that big church up there in Indianapolis, OTL Vibbert had 2,500 members and or attendees in that Pentecostal church. And when that man of God mounted the pulpit and preached, he took charge of that service. When he got 
got done. I knew I was a sinner. I knew I was going to hell. I knew I had to be saved. There was no question in my mind. Listen, I don't care if we fill the house and all we do is give them Kool-Aid and cookies, amen, and pat them on the back and say, you're okay and I'm okay. And they walk out that door and they never get convicted of sin and they never get converted. They're not born again. They'll die and go to hell and it'll be our fault. Amen. So all of a sudden, Jesus has given them a revelation. And he said, there's things you need to know, but you can't handle it. Amen. And uh, Paul said this or in Acts chapter 9. He said, the uh, natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. He, he, he can't handle it. He, he receives not the things of the Spirit of God. He said, because uh, they're foolishness to him. Neither can he know them. There's no way that, that, that man that's lost, man that's unconverted, man that doesn't know Jesus can grasp the things of God because they're spiritually discerned. We've got to get back to starting people at the place of being born again. Amen. And then I think it's, it's still important today for, we, for us to make people understand they need the baptism in the Holy Ghost after they're saved. Are you hearing me? I think people need to be spirit-filled. When he comes, he comes in power. He comes with instruction. He comes bringing fresh revelation. Jesus told his church, amen, in Luke 24, 49, I'm gonna send the promise of the Father up on you, tarry in Jerusalem. Wait there until you're endued with power from on high. Acts chapter one, verse four, again, just before Jesus left, he said, wait for the promise of the Father that you've heard of me. Verse number eight, he said, and you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. I, I really think today, amen, we've got to get back to getting people born again, getting them baptized, getting them baptized in water and getting them baptized in the Holy Ghost because the world needs to see a church that's hearing things and seeing things that explain what we're living in. But but with the natural mind and with a, uh, even a church that's not spiritually after God, we're not ready. We can't handle what God is showing us that's going on in our world today. Then he said this to me. He said, there are end time things that are shaping up now. When I, when I talked to that man this week in that, in that place of business, and he looked at me, and, and he wasn't being mean he was sincere Nicky looked at me and said prophecy is not important we don't need to understand any of these things we don't even need to be bothered with that <laughs> well you know I, I was kind of taken back and I said sir much of the New Testament much of the Old Testament is prophecy of what happens in the end time and I said, if it wasn't important, God wouldn't have put it in his word. And Jesus preparing us for this end time in Matthew 24 and verse 3, the Bible said, he said upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And I'm not going to preach all of that and the eschatology, most of what he was talking about 
Matthew 24 and Luke 21 takes place during the tribulation after the rapture of the church. But how many understands we're seeing the rumblings of tribulation now? Things are, are beginning to happen. I can understand now how the things of, of, during the tribulation will happen because of what I'm seeing happening now. God's letting us see it. There's, Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 5, it would be a time of, of deception. Many will come in my name and deceive many. How many have seen some deception going on in the world? I mean, we, we can talk about politicians all we want to, but I want to tell you something. All you got to do is turn on Christian TV and you'll see a lot of deception. I mean, there's some good ones on there, but there's some of them, amen, that have been misled or, and are misleading. Are you hearing me? And uh, there's conflict, wars, rumors of wars in Matthew 24 and 6. And he said, see now that you be not dis, uh, troubled. These things, uh, for these things shall come to pass but the end is not yet. Natural disasters. He goes on and says, nation will rise against nation and there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes and in diverse places and all of these things are the beginning of sorrows. I mean, we can see it happening in our world today. Somebody sent me something the other day and it said, uh, what chapter in Revelation are we seeing on the news today? And I thought, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty, pretty much to the point. Jesus said, I want you to know, there's things that, that he told his disciples that, that I could tell you, but you're not ready for it yet. And, and I think if there was ever a time when the church needs to have an awakening, we, if, if we're going to have revival in America, does anybody else besides me believe it has to start in the church? And so that's why the church has been attacked. And, uh, you know, people say, well, you people believe in healing. How come the church got the COVID? Well, that might be a little bit beyond my understanding, but I'm just going to say this. I think sometimes happen because we get in a comfortable place and we're not really seeking God like we should be, to be prepared for what's going on. And it's not just in the pulpit, it's in the pew. Are you hearing me? It's everywhere. The church has got to have that awakening. If we understand end time things, we understand that there's a rapture of the church that's about to take place. And Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, amen, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God and the dead in Christ will rise. From How many really believes that the trump's getting ready to sound? How many believes the rapture is getting ready to take place? Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up, amen, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And, and uh, there was a time when, we, when they used to sing in the church, wait a little longer, please, Jesus. I don't hear anybody else singing that today. I think we're ready for the Lord to come in the clouds and catch the church away. And then he says in verse 18 that you just need to comfort one another with these words. Many things God wants us to know. But if we're not careful, he, so, he told his disciples, you can't handle it. You're not ready. Handpicked. Now, what does that say about them? It's not, it's not a criticism. He was saying to them, after Pentecost, after the Holy Ghost comes, after your spirit field, all of a sudden, he's going to start teaching you and reminding you of everything I've said. And Jesus even said, he's going to receive of mine, and he's going to bring it to you. He's going to give you, I, he's going to let you see what the Father shows me. That's powerful. That's powerful revelation. But we're living in a day when many of the church world deny the power of the Spirit 
Deny the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Deny the revelatory teachings of the Word. Deny anything prophetic. Don't want to hear what God says about the end. Don't want to hear what the Spirit is speaking. The Bible said in the latter times that the Spirit would speak expressly and plainly that some are departing from the faith and giving heed to, to seducing spirits. Come on, folks. It's everywhere around us and the fables and doctrines of devils. There are people, every church people everywhere. I mean, I, I've seen some things in the last couple of weeks that have appalled me, men that used to be men of God standing up and promoting homosexuality and preachers calling themselves preachers and saying it's all right. Preacher, you shouldn't say, I'm here to tell you Jesus is coming and you need to get right with God. Whether it's a homosexual spirit or a drinking spirit or a fornicating spirit or a drugging spirit or a lying spirit or a gossiping spirit, we need to be ready to meet God. Come on, Brother Nick. It's only the Holy Ghost, watch this, that can really make us see Jesus. I believe it was Spurgeon. I know it was Spurgeon that said this. Spurgeon said, if I can go to preach to any congregation with a revelation of the divinity of Christ, he said, I can convict them of their sin. But he said, if I can also go and preach to any congregation with a revelation of the humanity of Christ. He was very God and very man. And what he meant was, if I can show you Jesus is God, I can convict you. But if I can show you that Jesus was a man, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, a man that walked where I've walked, that was tried like I was tried, that was tempted like I've been tempted. Let me tell you something. People say, well, they, they use excuses. Well, he was Jesus, and we can't live like that. He, he was tempted in the wilderness in everything that we're tempted in. And there he wasn't tempted as God. He was tempted as a man. And he used this to overcome the devil. And your Bible said when it got done that the devil left him for a season. So Spurgeon said, all I've got to do as a preacher is preach Jesus as God and preach Jesus as man because when Jesus deals with us as God, he brings us to a place of fearing God because of sin. But as a man, he brings us to the place of mercy and compassion and pity because he's been here and he knows what we need to escape. So the things that God shows us Right now, we may not be able to handle it. What's going on? So, you know, some people are scared to death that Donald Trump's not going to get reelected. Can I tell you something? Some people are scared to death that he is. That, that's a divided nation. It's, 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 un, it's unreal what kind of political shape our nation is in. People have lost their natural minds even naturally thinking but the the worst thing is that the church has lost its spiritual direction can I tell you Jesus is still the answer the Holy Spirit wants us to understand that there's a way out of where we are but we've got to get in the right shape to receive it because right now we can't handle it
Amen. As God, He'll convict me. As man in His infinite tenderness, He'll pity me. He'll deal with my troubled conscience. He'll guide me into truth. That's what Jesus said. He'll fill me with unmistakable power. He'll give me a victory like if I've never imagined possible. But i got to get to the place where I'm ready to receive it. How many is ready to receive what God has for you today? Glory to God. Stand with me, would you? Thank you, Lord. Father, we just want you to be God in us and speak truth to us. Give us understanding of the times. Hallelujah. The Bible said there was a men in Old Testament times who had an understanding of the times and the way things were because God gave them revelation. If there was ever a time that we need an understanding of the times and the circumstances and the situations we're in now, if there was ever a time when the church needs to know the direction of God and hear the voice of the Spirit and let Him reveal to us everything that Jesus has for us for this day. Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you all the way, even to the end of the world. But we have to be ready to receive that revelation. Move today, God, as only you can. Hallelujah. I want to say this today. I, looking over the crowd, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, well, everybody here is saved. I believe that. I hope, hope so. You know the answer to that. Say this looking over this crowd, probably everybody here is a little bit troubled about what's going on, a little bit concerned about the uncertainty of our times. What's America going to be like next year? I was teasing the other day and said, 2020 has been so bad, I'd like to just fast forward to the end of it and start 2021 as if it's going to be any better. But the reality is, we don't know what 2021 is going to be like. It could be another pandemic worse than this one that we just went through. It could be a global war. It could be natural disasters to a level we've never seen or imagined before. But I do know this. There's a God that knows. And He can show me what I need. And said I hope you enjoyed today's message and will tune in again next time. Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.rhop.life. Thanks for listening.